Sorry. Yesterday we had a session, uh, and we have decided to change the worship format a little bit. So from April, uh, the worship format will change a little bit. Not too much, but uh, a little bit. Loneliness is a silent killer of modern society. I read a very interesting article on Globe and Mail uh, written by Elizabeth Renzetti. And uh, in this uh, article, Amy Rokak, a psychologist and lecturer uh, at York University who has been uh, researching on this topic of loneliness for more than three decades, and she said, loneliness has been linked to depression, anxiety, interpersonal hostility, increased vulnerability to health problems, and even to uh, suicide. So uh, loneliness is not just loneliness. Loneliness is very much connected and related to uh, our health. Uh, same research uh, is done in the United States and Prof Professor Cassiopo, uh, the director of the University of Chicago Center for Cognitive and Social Neuroscience, also says loneliness uh, causes all kinds of health problems, such as suppressing the immune system and cardiovascular uh, function, and it increases the amount of uh, stress hormone. Uh, and he says, these changes in physiology are compounded in ways that may be hastening millions of people to an early grave. We're talking about millions of people. And loneliness, uh, they said, is as bad as smoking or being obese. I mean, this is, loneliness has a serious uh, health problems. And, but the thing is, this is quite common. 40% uh, of Americans are suffering from loneliness and that figure is doubled in 30 years. Uh, twice as many people are lonely now after 30 years. But even though 40% uh, are saying that they're lonely, uh, they don't admit it. They feel shameful to say that they're lonely. They never want to admit that uh, they are lonely. Uh, Professor Rocock says, for 30 years, uh, I've been doing this, uh, and they are, uh, readily admit that they are schizophrenia, or they are depressed, and things like that. They could admit it, but not a single person uh, said that they are lonely. But in the course of conversation, they finally admit that they are lonely. Uh, in other words, many people don't even know that they are lonely. Uh, there's such a stigma about being lonely, so they don't want to admit it, they don't want to say it, but deep inside, uh, they feel deep loneliness. We have a very sophisticated uh, social media uh, like uh, Facebook, and yet it 
does not help uh, people's loneliness. I mean, uh, these days, even though we don't meet physically in cafe or a restaurant, uh, we can meet them on uh, through the internet and uh, Facebook. We can communicate. So uh, we will wonder whether we are more connected with others. But the researchers say that they feel more lonely uh, because of Facebooks and all that. It's, it's like uh, Facebook is like a, a little hungry child looking through the window uh, uh, of a family having great dinner, uh, making conversation with each other, and then saying to himself, uh, why not me? Uh, because in Facebook, they put all the great uh, uh, things that they do, vac vacation, exotic vacation, and all the good times that they have. And then people who are lonely see their uh, Facebook. That they, everybody's having a good time, but me, kind of feeling. So the loneliness becomes uh, more uh, worse uh, for them. In today's scripture, uh, we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. It is a celebratory scene. Uh, people are ecstatic about Jesus, and Jesus' popularity was at peak. He was like a celebrity. You know, if he came in modern time, all the flashes everywhere, cameras and everywhere. And then they were so excited about Jesus coming into uh, Jerusalem. Uh, look at what people did. Uh, uh, if you go back to scripture, this is what they did. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had caught in the field. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I mean, they uh, took off their clothes and then, uh, put it on the uh, road and then they took branches and put it on the road and let Jesus please come and walk. And then they were shouting and uh, with excitement, Hosanna, you are the king and please come and save us. That kind of atmosphere, ecstatic, celebratory scene. And, but I was wondering how Jesus might have felt. Would Jesus share the same excitement with, these, uh, with this crowd? Was Jesus so excited about going into Jerusalem? I don't think so. Jesus knew clearly that this exciting crowd will soon be scattered and the disciples would run away in panic and then he will receive rejection, denial, betrayal and people, Jesus will see the disappointment in people's faces because Jesus would not do what they expected to, him to do. So Jesus knew that they would be very, very disappointed the problem is Jesus knew all that as he entered into Jerusalem. I think Jesus felt all alone in the crowd. All alone. No one was able to sense Jesus' total 
abandon or aloneness in the midst of celebration. They were busy celebrating without really seeing what is going on in the heart of uh, Jesus. You know, it's like uh, you went to the doctor and then just diagnosed uh, that you have a cancer and you have only three months to live. And you came home and your family and friends gathered together to throw a surprise birthday party for you. And you didn't have a chance yet to tell them what you just heard from doctor. And you have only three months to live and they're celebrating your birthday. You're there, but you feel all alone. Jesus' sentiment is well captured in uh, the scripture. Uh, scripture is not really writing, oh, Jesus this or that. They're just throwing uh, certain words and so to capture the uh, mood. Uh, verse 11, this is what uh, the scripture says. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. It was late in the evening. Temple, usually during the daytime, people come and give sacrifice and pray and all that. In the evening, they all leave. Uh, and so Jesus went into the temple all alone, and he looked around. By looking around, what would, have, what would he have thought? Probably he would have thought about what would happen soon. The disciples might have been with Jesus physically, but they didn't understand what their teacher and master was going through. They had no idea of what Jesus was thinking or feeling. When I reflect on last week of Jesus' life on earth, this one image comes to my mind. The last week of Jesus' life on earth being alone. That is image that comes to my mind. Nobody was able to be with him. He was all alone. It reminds me of the phrase, we are born alone and die alone. That's true. We are born alone and die alone. As I said a few weeks ago, uh, when we reflected on Jesus' uh, suffering in Gethsemane, Jesus was going through tremendous hardships, agony, and difficulties, and suffering. The disciples fell asleep. Disciples could not be with Jesus. That was the reality of Jesus' last moment, being alone. Isn't it our reality? Being alone? No one can understand us completely. No one can be with us all the way. 
deep inside, we are all alone. When we really look at our lives, we are alone. But loneliness and being alone are two different things. Not everybody who is alone is lonely. Jesus was totally alone, but he was not lonely necessarily. All his life he was like that. He went up to the mountain all by himself. He was all alone in the mountain, but he was not lonely. But we are different. Many of us are scared of being alone because we are scared of facing our loneliness. We constantly have to distract ourselves. We make ourselves surrounded by people and things to do. We make ourselves very busy all the time. We fill up our schedule as though, as though that schedule might fill our, our emptiness. Just because you fill up your schedule, that doesn't mean that you can fill up your emptiness. Distraction does not get rid of our loneliness. It just delays it. It's just playing, you're just playing blind eyes to it. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to deal with it. You just delay it until you have no choice but to face your own loneliness or aloneness. I mean, I can do that all the time. I can always call friends. I can all, uh, always uh, do something exciting. and I can always do that. Why? That's escapism. That's running away. I mean, we are stronger than that. What are we so scared of? I'd rather face loneliness or aloneness rather than continuously filling up with schedules so that I don't think about it. I want to see what loneliness is like and clearly see it and deal with it rather than glossing over it. I believe that loneliness comes from hollowness and emptiness inside. And realize that this hollowness and emptiness will never be able to be filled up by making yourself busy or doing many external things. This hollowness and emptiness is to do with who I am and what do I want to do. These two questions are very important questions and we have to always ask ourselves, who am I and what do I want to do? 
When these questions are not answered, then hollowness and emptiness will continue. Doesn't matter how high you go up. Doesn't matter how many friends you have. Doesn't matter how great time you have in your life. When this emptiness, this two, these two questions are not answered, your hollowness will not be filled up. Who am I and what do I want to do? The problem is the answer does not come easily. Nor can we find it from books or even life experiences. No. The understanding of who we are and what we really want to do is lifetime journey. It's a lifetime journey. But unfortunately, many people don't think about this. They say they are too busy. Ha! <laughs> just an excuse. You are just making excuses. You just are scared. Scared. So deadly scared of facing these questions. We are scared of looking at our hollowness because you will be completely submerged into it. Because there doesn't seem to be an easy answer. So people don't make time to be alone. And also when they're alone, they don't know what to do. Okay, I'm alone. What am I supposed to do? We don't know. Just being alone? I'd rather have a party. I'd rather uh, go out with friends. So they always fill up again and again. Sometimes only this terrible loneliness is imposed on us once in a while. They never choose to be alone to do the journey of understanding of who they are and what they really want to do. But if we take this journey boldly with faith in God, our hollowness will not scare us and scare us anymore. God exists. God is here. So if we take boldly this faith journey to see our hollowness, then this hollowness will not scare us, will not scare us anymore. This hollowness will not create devastating loneliness. Of course, the Hollowness will never disappear, will never go away. But you will see God's grace filling up this hollowness. That's reality. As we boldly take that journey, this hollowness is being filled up by God's grace. But we are taking wrong direction. Or if I do better in career, if I do better with money, if I better with the friends and relationship, this hollowness will be filled up. No. 
That's wrong direction. Like our singing group. Wrong direction. That's wrong direction. Good name. <laughs> You're saying that let's not do that, right? <laughs> One thing great about Jesus is that he knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. That's the difference. My goodness, when I look at Jesus, that's who he was. He knew exactly what he was, uh, or who he was, and exactly what he wanted to do. If you have courage and boldness and take this journey, then soon you will enjoy the process. You won't get the result right away, but you will, you will start enjoying the process of discovering who you are and what you want to do. You start enjoying, but when you continuously run away, you can never learn to enjoy this process of finding who you are and what you want to do. Because Jesus knew clearly who he was and he, what he wanted to do, that was why he was able to take the last week of total abandonment. The world abandoned Jesus. Oh my goodness, that's hard. When you're abandoned by the world, that's hard to take. The world abandoned Jesus and he was able to take that because he knew who he was and he knew what he wanted to do. Henry Nouwen said in his book, A Spirituality of Living, that when Jesus was in the mountain, he questioned, what did he hear? And Nouwen's answer is that he heard this voice. You are my beloved son. He said, Nouwen said that Jesus must have heard that. In the mountain, you are my beloved son. Because that was a voice that he heard uh, right in the beginning at the baptism. I think Nauen is right. And then Nauen continued, with this knowledge of being the beloved, Jesus could walk freely into a world in which he was not treated as the beloved. That's a wisdom. Because Jesus was so sure that he was beloved, he was able to walk freely into the world where they abandoned Jesus completely. Jesus had a clear sense of who he was regardless of how the world treated him. But we are different. We have tremendous pressure to have to prove ourselves to the world. We have to prove our worth. Do you know how great I am? How worthy I am? 
to our friends, to our parents, to our company, and to even strangers. Do you know how great I am? And we mistakenly think then, only then, people will say that you are great and people will love you. Like, oppa. <laughs> we don't even know how the world's expectations poison us. They poison us. You gotta be this kind of person to be loved. So we continuously try to meet that expectation just to be loved. How pathetic we are becoming. We don't even know how this world and this corporate environment enslaves us and poisons us. How we are fooled by the praise of the people around us without even knowing who I am or what I want to do. We cannot continue in this poisonous environment. So this church, including myself, we want to protest against that kind of lifestyle. We don't condone that. We don't approve that. That is authentic, as authentic living. We may not be able to get away from this world, but we need to come to our senses to truly see who we are and what we really want to do. As we start looking at who we are, sometimes we may not like it. What you see, you may not like it. But still, we have to continue. As I, I told you, uh, Walter Isaacson's, uh, Isaacson's uh, uh, Steve Jobs, I'm reading. I'm almost finishing it because I, slowly I'm reading it uh, and almost at the end. And uh, at the end of his journey, he called uh, Walter Isaacson. And then he, uh, Walter came to his uh, uh, Steve Jobs' home and then looked at Steve and then he was just bone. He was dying. And then Steve said, you know, I may not be able to read your book uh, when you complete, uh, complete it. But you said a lot of bad things about me, right? And Walter said, yeah. I want to be as honest as possible. And Steve said, good. That's maturity in a way. As we look at ourselves, sometimes we may not like who you are, what we are like right now. 
But that does not, that does not mean that we should give up. We continuously and courageously pursue this journey of finding true life. God will help us. This is when I look at people around me, both in congregation or outside. I feel this burden, pain. They don't have to live like that. They could live much, much better life. And they deserve better life than that. If we are continuously running away from being alone, we cannot do this. We need to be strong to be alone without being lonely. Let us humbly and boldly take this journey of being alone. And in our aloneness, God will speak to us and God will whisper to us. And we'll experience our hollowness slowly being filled with God's grace. That is possible. God created this hollowness so that we could relate to God. And that hollowness is to be filled with God's grace. Let us sing together.